Welcome everybody to Mended Teacups. We haven't been around for a while. Molly, maybe you'd like to just talk about that. Oh yes, Helen, it's so nice to be back chatting with you again. We've actually, our family's had a, a, bout, of, a bout of the Covid virus, so um, it wasn't very nice, but we are absolutely all of us on the mend now. So we're back and I've had lots of time to think and, and cloud watch and and I'm now actually very much enjoying listening to audible books and pottering around in the garden. So I'm having a very nice convalescence. I think that's what it's called, isn't it? Helen, let us know what are we going to be talking about today? OK, well, today we're we going to have a chat about the Learn Free Conference, which has recently been held. I think it's been the ninth year that's been on and normally it's held in Coventry. Obviously, this year we weren't all able to gather. But uh, Juliet English, who organised it, did an amazing job of getting it all online. It was incredible. I, I'm so impressed how it all worked. So we all connected through an app on our phones to through Zoom as well. She had a really great programme of talks. And in fact, because it was online, because it was virtual, we were able to have some international speakers who wouldn't otherwise have been able to take part. So they're very much pros and cons to this thing that most places where I was or in the chat rooms, people were saying how they were disappointed they couldn't see people in real life. You know, it was a shame. But on the other hand, I think they had far more attendees than normal because people were able to join from their own home. And obviously, when you are home educating a young family, it's difficult to up and leave <laughs> even for a weekend. So um, that was, you know, there were some really good positives about that. So there were several talks and they are still available. Uh, you can still apply to join up to pay, to pay the conference fee to access the videos even now. And there are still some I haven't got round to watching yet, but I'm interested to. <laughs> Molly, which which ones did you particularly enjoy listening to? What did you gather from the conference? It, there were so many good things. It's actually quite difficult to pinpoint just a few because, like you say, there are still some that actually I haven't listened to. And the app, I think we can have access for another six months or so. So we can continue to listen and we listen as well. Yes, definitely worth still joining if, if you ha weren't able to be there actually for the actual conference. I think one of the, the, the very first talk I listened to was very thought provoking and by a lady called Helen Lees, who is an independent researcher. She was talking ab about sort of like the language of home ed. And actually, as you and I were talking about afterwards, I joined in the chat afterwards. So I remembered something completely different. <laughs> actually what her, what her original talk was about so if you want to explain the original talk and then I'll say a little bit about what went on <laughs> yeah it's funny is it what you bring away afterwards something yeah like that. and actually that's been one of the real benefits is the, the on this app we've been able to chat with each other and ask questions and discuss um, and there's thousands of messages there even now to be looked at so Helen's title was what is valuable about home education for which we do not yet have the words and she was talking about how, as home educators, we all know that there's a lot of benefits of home education that can't necessarily be measured. Even if the government do suddenly decide we should all be tested, that will only measure a certain amount of our children's attainment. And a lot of the things that we'd like to talk about, we like to talk about as home educators, the benefits that we can see for our children are not things that you can test. And I found it very interesting that she's trying to sort of think about the things that she can do more research on. And she, it was very much a kind of a conversation with the people listening to that talk. She was asking for us for our ideas. We were talking about the different things that, that we value that aren't measurable. For example, the relationships between our children and their siblings, or the fact that a lot of us find our children seem to be more able to talk well to people of different ages. So that was where she started from. And then she invited lots of questions and was talking about how that 
what the value of home education is. Yeah, I think I remember she. I think if I remember rightly, she talked about when she talks to home educators, she gets a sense of there's a joy in it, which I thought was lovely. And she said that even even though it's very that it's very hard, the joy and the benefits of it outweigh how hard it is. Um, and she, I think she also talked about the lack of support for home educators yet. But actually, even with all that, with the lack of support, there's still this sense of joy that actually can't believe that something can be as good as this still outweighs all the problems and the difficulties that we do have to go through. And I thought that was, that was just lovely that, that as she's talked to people in her research, that's what she's picked up. I thought that was very positive. It is very encouraging, isn't it, that we come across as a, pe- a group of people who actually do enjoy what we're doing. And like you say, it is, it is easy to find the difficulties, isn't it? I'm, I'm glad that's coming across. Yeah, yeah. and the, the chat afterwards went into talking about a, a language of home ed, so how we can explain, talk to other people about about home ed but not necessarily using school words for example we don't need to necessarily be in a, a routine we can talk about rhythms and patterns which I think we talk about anyway don't we rather than a kind of completely structured routine and, and ways that actually you know school has a has a particular language set doesn't it and I was just thinking I mean, this is just my thoughts but I was thinking about it you know with our boys are playing I'm quite sure far too much Minecraft at the moment and, um, and but Minecraft has a particular language set that goes with it and I'm never quite sure what they're talking about when they talk about it because actually I don't know Minecraft um it's hilarious and, you know, isn't it <laughs> they're, they're talking exactly. and you think well I'm sure all those words were English but I really don't know what you were saying yeah. I don't know what you're talking about yes (laughs) and kind of in any I guess any job sphere you're in will have its own language and generally home ed we sort of tend to use the school type language Um, and I think in fact we have coined home education haven't we so that has been a UK word that we've coined but that if we can develop a language that explains and describes home ed that actually might help us to stand up as a group of people and I think my thoughts as we kind of went through this chat was it a language that actually builds bridges rather than builds walls. And so it's something that actually is quite inviting for people. It's, it's people want to know because as when she talked about joy, you know, that actually it is something that has got, despite the difficulties, it has got a huge amount of joy within it. And so something that actually is attractive for other people to, to come over and to, to learn a little bit about it rather than putting a wall up and saying, well, this is what we do and you couldn't possibly understand. So I, I really like that concept about building a language that will describe a little bit more about home ed, what we all get up to, but that, that actually is attractive to other people that they want to know because it sounds, sounds interesting. It sounds exciting. Yeah, that's very interesting, isn't it? So that was Helen Lee's talk. Um, I also enjoyed very much going to Cat Patrick's talk. The one I went to was the one about delight-led learning in the secondary years. I've got one in secondary and one sort of beginning of secondary. And I've been wondering about how to keep them going with following their paths of interest instead of just saying, okay, now it's time to do exams. Here's your narrow path that you need to follow. So I was quite interested to listen to Cat Patrick. She was very encouraging and enthusiastic about the, the fact that we can we can do that. <laughs> you don't need to boil it down too too narrow. But I'm still working through how that might translate into our home and I need to still have a chat with my older daughter because she is very focused on her books for her studies. And I want 
I want to keep her to keep interested in the subject she's chosen. She's chosen to do exams in a couple of subjects because in a few subjects because she's interested in them. So I've been wondering how best to keep that enthusiasm and interest and not just make her feel like, oh, she's just plodding through a book. I think Kat's talk was very much a sort of a encouragement to me to think again a little bit about about how that is. I don't know. Did you hear that one? I did. And ditto, same as you. It was it was just like water for the water for weary soul, wasn't it? It was a delightful talk and her enthusiasm for teenage years and just keeping the their interests broad and giving them things that they that they just really enjoy learning as well as she talked a little bit about the various different kind of ways you can get uh, obviously GCSEs and the American SATs and and other things and actually we've used um, college courses for our second son who's um, dyslexic so he's he's done some completely different things which has been really good as well but again it was just it was just lovely really encouraging and and it just also made me think you know this is why we home ed this is why I want to home ed because actually I want I, I don't want in the teen years our kids to be so stressed out that all they can think of is their grades which is sadly is often so often what you know what I do see in in my kids contemporaries who are sort of within the more structured systems yeah so it was absolutely so I'd really very much absolutely recommend listening to that one of Cat Patrick it was just a gorgeous talk lovely talk and really and really encouraging and I think that's interesting isn't it you talk about her enthusiasm for the teen years I think there's a lot of people who dread the idea of teens and and the teen years come with their sort of their negative swing on it isn't it and uh, you know these are the terrible times you just got to get through them and I think she was so enthusiastic about enjoying being with her teens and helping them to enjoy life I thought that was really really encouraging and talking about teens and I know you haven't seen this one yet is the talk with Billy Arthur Walden and his mum which was a great talk and I know you're going to really love that but that was very much explaining how he's developed his own enjoyments and his own abilities and the things that he's keen on and his how his mum has facilitated that since he had to come out of school when he was 11 and he is completely thriving he's got his own business he was very bubbly about what he enjoyed doing and how much his mum had just facilitated that which wasn't a very you know wasn't a typical standard path for a uh, for a team but he's doing really really well on that yeah I want to listen to that with some of the, with the two older ones actually because I just think that that is something that is just wonderful about home that you really can kind of tailor then we're not trying to fit them into a box we're not trying to they all don't all have to jump through the same hoops and I think particularly in the teen years that's just so valuable and if we can keep that going in the teen years and actually tailor education to who they are and to their their strengths and abilities, then that's a really exciting thing to be able to do. Are there any other? Yeah, I think and it's quite different in some ways. But I was very keen to listen to what Randall Hardy had to say, and he was giving an update on the current political situation, which I think is really important for us to understand, understand what's going on in the political arena and understand what government's thinking is about education generally and home education in particular and Randall had a very clear um, outline of where we are and of course with Covid the situation is slightly different again because obviously suddenly there are lots of children being taught at home by their parents and we've had some really positive reports about that in the media and some negative ones as well and how people how parents are struggling um, as well as how parents are enjoying having their children at home and I think uh, it was quite interesting to think about that and to me it's quite obvious that some parents will struggle because 
I keep saying to people, what those people, a lot of them are having to do is not what we've chosen to do as home educators, where we've had some time to think about what we want to do, to pray about what we want to do, to think about our child's interests and how we're going to follow those and normally where we can get extra extra help from and out going out and about. Whereas um, a lot of the families that are home educating because of COVID have just been suddenly, their children have landed on their laps and they've suddenly been given maybe some support from the school, some ideas, this is what you've got to do each day. And they have to kind of tick some boxes and get through or they've been given nothing and it's just do what you want. So I think uh, it's not surprising that there's been a variety of responses to that. Some parents are finding that really hard. I'm not surprised at all. Randall was talking about some of the positive moves and some some of the worrying things that are going on in different parts of our country, and particularly in the UK at the moment. So watching what's happening with the Welsh Parliament and the on the Isle of Man and some of the uh, restrictions that are being brought on to home educators and pointing out again that although it's affecting home educators at the moment, it really is indicative of what's behind the scenes in terms of what what the state feels our state feels is the role of the parent and what's the role of the state when it comes to child rearing some alarming things to think about and make sure we're on the ball with and just keeping keeping an eye on really but very useful to to hear that update yeah it really is worth keeping an eye because it's something that's been trying to be pushed through for a while and and i don't think they're going to give up so we really do have even if you don't put this you've got young kids and it's just too overwhelming to, to you know to respond to consultations but just do pray though because um as helen says it is at the deeper fact that who has ultimate responsibility for children is it the state or is it us as parents and obviously we believe it's us as parents who have ultimate responsibility for our children but actually there's a real core that would say it should be the state uh, the last thing actually that just before we um finish is about the just the role of kind of home educating and special needs and how how the two can coexist and how we manage as, as parents with kids with special needs and, and I guess Helen and I have both got some personal experience in different ways with this and I think it's it's a really difficult one because our children's um that their confidentiality has to be paramount and so therefore it's a difficult thing to talk about because actually we don't want to be saying stuff about our kids which isn't fair to say but also i'm just very aware that it is it's a huge big subject and there it, it certainly came up in some of the talks and also in the some of the chat pages as well so it is something that we're very aware of and we would love to be able to bring things out in the open a little bit and to be able to just talk a little bit more sometimes just expressing how hard it is for parents who have kids with different behavioral issues or different physical needs that's my little one looking out <laughs> the window. So anyway, just to say that um, it would that that's something that is definitely on our minds that we'd like to be able to somehow address in mended teacups. But I'm certainly not quite sure how to do that yet. So if anybody <laughs> if anybody has some ideas and suggestions, that would be great. We'd love to hear from you. For example, things like Charlotte Mason education, you know, and I, I do try to do that, and I do because I I love the idea of it. But actually, when you have kids with particular issues, that the idea that that sort of perfect, beautiful image, it just doesn't work. And so you can feel as a mum, you can really feel quite like, well, I just can't do this. Other other mums can do this and I can put my pretty pictures on Instagram up. But actually, the reality of it is that it just simply won't work for for the particular kids that I have. 
and yet I can adapt it and then it will work beautifully but I have to be able to adapt it and that that's a process so it's just really to start the conversation about how how we can use some of these philosophies and how we can adapt them for our kids with various different issues that they too can flourish yeah it would be great to hear from other people some of the ideas that they can share or some of the questions they may have to help us um, put something like that together but thanks for listening today we're really great to be really pleased to be back i'm so glad that molly's back and well again fantastic and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye.